Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner Podcast. I am super stoked, super amped, super pumped, trying to keep chill and relaxed so I don't scare you away here, but we're talking about money today, and I think every time money comes up, and me and Mark were just talking about this, is if you grew up with money, you might have a bit different uh, relationship with it. If you didn't grow up with it, the reasons you want it, you know, all those you're having a conversation with a potential client and you catch yourself getting all weird when it comes to talking about money. We want to solve all of those problems in today's episode. Mark, welcome to the show. Lucas, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate the uh, the energy you bring to your work. So cool. I guess when you love what you do, it doesn't really feel like work. I, I, right. I Every morning I do this gratitude exercise. I do 10 things I'm grateful mm-hmm. for. And if nothing else, the first thing I always think of is opening your eyes, waking up. There's challenges, but just doing what you love. You obviously found that, and I know the people listening here um, are tapping into that. So I think that's the greatest gift of all. Yep, absolutely. So you've worked with some, just to give a little bit of background, and I really want to get into how you got into this. I know you had a few businesses, and, and I went through the roller coaster of making money but having nothing left like you you made 20000 or 50000 or $80,000 in sales for the month, and then you look at the bank account, and there's, like, I, I don't know where it went. And so it was it was really stressful for me. So I know you went through that, but once you figured that out, uh, you worked with some really big names as the chief financial officer. I know Brooke Castillo, but there was some other names. I was going through your website, and I'm just like, Mark obviously knows a lot about money, knows how to manage it, knows how to, you know the balance sheets and all that stuff that seems so overly complicated. Uh, so how did this all start? Like, how did you get into the money stuff? Like I, I adore my accountant, but I'm always curious, like, man, it's like, that's, it's a lot of numbers. <laughs> I do like numbers. I've always been a numbers person, Yeah. but I never, I never imagined I would end up in the job that I'm in. I guess that's probably true for a lot of people. But for me, my story starts back in about probably 2008, 2009, where I had a few uh, businesses between 2009 and 2012. I had a membership site that did, did quite well. I had a software as a service business that did quite well. And as we grew those, we were having a partners and I, we were having a blast growing them, creating value, getting them out into the world. But we were so focused on growth that we weren't really paying attention to money and in my personal finances especially, I just found myself sort of perpetually stressed and wondering if it was all going to work out. So at the end of 2012, we were lucky enough to sell uh, these businesses. And the amount we sold them for was not like, uh, it wasn't like a, a retirement amount of money. It made for a really fun month. Like, oh, that was amazing. That was fun. Yeah. But then we had to go do something else. Like yeah. we kind of parted ways. And so... I, because of the way I'd managed my personal finances, I walked away with some debt and I owed the IRS some money and I was embarrassed by that. I was like, I had these great businesses. They did a couple million dollars in revenue and I still have some debt. I owe the IRS money. I should, I should have this figured out by now. Yeah. It just happened that one of my very best friends is a guy named Jesse Meekham who founded a company called You Need a Budget. And he built this software that people call, they call it YNAB, and it helps people manage their personal finances. Well, I needed a job. I asked him for a job. And he said, sure, why don't you come and be the staff writer for You Need a Budget? Because I'd done all the copywriting for my previous businesses, and I loved the writing. And I said, sure. And I blogged for him and wrote articles for him for about a year, but I wasn't making a lot of money doing that. Yeah. And so I said, hey, I want to... 
I want to get back into a variable income situation. I want to be able to get some upside in my own personal income. Why don't you let me take what you do with your budgeting philosophy and your software and let me implement it in small businesses as like a coaching thing or a consulting thing? And he said, sure, let's give it a shot. It just happened that the very first person who ever hired me was a life coach. She wanted to figure out her money. She wanted to sort that out. And then by working with her and having her connect me with other coaches, I sort of fell into being the guy who was becoming the money guy for coaches. And I loved that. And I was grateful for that. Fast forward a few months, I have a great relationship with Jesse and he, he and I decided that I could buy my clients from him and I could go back out on my own. Cool. So in late 2014, Jesse and I did our deal. I bought my, the little business from inside of his business and I went back out on my own. And ever since then, sort of Mark Butler, the CFO for Life Coaches has been doing his thing. It's almost, almost seven years now. So cool. And Um, then I know you founded the let's do the books and I was going through the services and how it works. And I'm just like this, if I could have, we'll, we'll make sure the links are below, but if I could have found something like this, cause it's not like overly, you have a sliding, uh, scale, which I think is a great idea. Oh, for the pricing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Which I think is amazing. But, um, because I, I was so clueless and also two years went by, I'm personally broke. My business started doing well. I'm personally broke. I owe the IRS money. I don't know anything about that. And it was like, I remember every year for about a month. And I remember, cause I, my first business was inside a gym. Um, everyone mm-hmm. knew just to stay away from me. Cause I was almost pale <laughs> and like my stomach always churned. Now I've got a full, like an accountant two weeks. She checks in, like I get balance yep. statements, sheets. Um, uh, we review it every month. Like it's, it's a nice well-tuned machine, but mm-hmm. it cost me way too much money to figure that out. And if I would have just been getting a little support on the side at first, um, it would have been a massive difference. So, I, I know you've worked with, I mean, you, you work with, with all types of coaches, I'm sure, in all different situations, but many, many seven-figure earners. I just want to say really quick that, I mean, I'm not the expert here, but I would think that you don't have to wait to be doing really well to start figuring out your finances. All right. Uh, you should probably be doing that from day one. Something I didn't do, but I, I, I'm guessing you probably believe in that philosophy. A hundred percent. And yeah. that's... I have this great business. I have amazing clients. I'm so grateful to them. My my seven figure earners who I'm their CFO and it's phenomenal. But over the years, I have had so many clients tell me if I had found you earlier in my business, it's not just that I would have saved myself probably tens of thousands of dollars on just sort of in money leaks. But I also would have saved myself from the worst thing, which was all the unnecessary stress, lost sleep, anxiety, guilt, shame. Because none of it's necessary. None of it is necessary at all. And what I love to do is, is sit, especially with a newer coach, and just basically tell her or tell him, like, look, this is probably not as big of a deal as you think it is, but because it's money and because it's accounting and there's taxes and you feel like there's a lot of technical aspects to this, you're intimidated by it, you probably think it's a much bigger deal than it actually is. So let's get you a service here that sets it up and runs from day one before you think you even need it Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. most you probably experienced this with your own clients, but lots of coaches will come to me later and say, Oh, I didn't think I was, I didn't think I was supposed to even talk to you until I was making six figures or more. And I always say, look, if we can get you when you're making even hundreds of dollars, get things set up, then not only will you skip all the lost sleep, but you'll actually make more money. 
Yeah. Because you'll have such clarity and that clarity will give you confidence and that confidence will inspire you to go take bigger action than you might otherwise have taken. Yeah. So that is, I mean, I don't, we're not, I know we're not just here to talk about let's do the books, of course, but I set let's do the books up because of my enthusiasm for giving newer coaches an accessible entry point into dealing with their money where they can come and get support with no shame, no blame, no judgment. Just like, we're here to help you. Yeah. At a at a price that is like you know it's like the same as that was amazing what was like, they pay, pay for them their email provider yeah, right so hundred percent hundred percent and and also and I I mean I I'm, you're the expert here but I, I would think I mean I have my own view like I grew up in a trailer park immigrant parents hardest workers ever love my parents they taught me work ethic and getting it done at all costs which served me until it no longer served me and then I was just the mm. micromanaging psycho that had to do everything all of the time and it, it didn't serve me. And still learning how to slowly let go and think as a chess player, not a checkers player. But mm. then I deal with, like, everyone's had such a different upbringing and relationship with money that, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting topic. I love talking about it nowadays, yes. but maybe a, even a year or two years ago, I kind of, like, I didn't enjoy talking about it. I didn't enjoy talking about what I made or, or just money in general. I just it felt it kind of... You know, I, I'd, I'd make excuses. I don't do this for the money. I don't really care about the money until I realize that, well, sales and money is the reason I'm in business because it fuels my business. And then I'm able to serve right. and help and create all this cool stuff. So let's, let's just briefly chat about that only because you've probably seen all walks of life. People who grew up with money, who maybe didn't mm -hmm. value it and didn't care and threw it away. People who maybe grew up with it and then going through a tough year and they valued, you know, they saw themselves as important and when they lost the money, maybe they weren't important. I don't know. Probably all this stuff. What are some of the biggest patterns you see? And maybe you tell someone who's, who's, who feels kind of icky when the topic of money comes up. Mm. The, the most, if, if I were trying to zoom out and look at something kind of holistically and say, what, what patterns do I see across all personality types? The, the saddest thing or maybe the least productive thing I see is people trying to use money to fill a hole. And that hole can be different for all of us. So somebody might grow up with, they might grow up with money and then they're trying to use the money from their business to fill a hole in their self-esteem because, well, that was my mom's money. That was my dad's money. I want my own money. Well, why? Well, because I want to be my own person. So the hole they're trying to fill is I want to be my own person. And they're trying to use money to do that, but money's just not very good at that job. Uh, somebody might grow up really poor and say money is safety because I grew up with no money and I felt insecure. I felt uncertain about things. So the hole they're trying to fill is safety and certainty. Money, I, I want to re recognize my own privilege because I there are people who they do have sort of a level of uncertainty because of a lack of money. Yes. But for many, many of us who are in our businesses – we don't really, we're not really that uncertain or that unsafe. So money isn't that great for, isn't, isn't a great tool for helping us feel safe and secure because I've been amazed at watching business owners, even when they're mm -hmm. earning seven figures, they can feel as uncertain and unsafe as they did when they had a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the lesson for me is that the money doesn't really create the sense of security, the safety that has to come from somewhere else. Yes. So that's a pattern I see over and over is people trying to get money to do a job that it's actually just not very good at doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of sharing earlier and I'm, I'm, I had a hard time admitting this and now I'm just like, 
well, it's the truth, but so hungry for $10,000 a month for my own reasons, thinking that it would be like solve all my problems. And it mm-hmm. it didn't at all. And then 25000 and then 50000 then hitting a record $80,000, $90,000 a month, just being like, this will mm-hmm. solve mm-hmm. all of our problems. And to be honest with you, the first time I saw a huge month, it created more stress, more uncertainty, more anxiety, because what do I do now? Now I have something to lose. Um, something to lose. Yep. yep. I have. I have. Now I have people to take care of. What if we can't recreate this? Was this just luck? And then I finally stepped out of it, and I'm like, until I figure out like my own shit, uh, this will like. There's always an excuse to worry and stress about something. And when I started really studying money and starting the energy that is money and seeing it more of as an energy and as a flow, just like anything in nature, it. Mm-hmm. It turned down that stress and anxiety. There are st- still some times where, you know, things are happening and I have to sit back and figure it out. So I'm not saying that I'm just all, all mighty and holy and, and above it, but it definitely helped. And I finally made the connection that money is not the source of my happiness. And if I continue thinking it'll make me happy, I'm going to be in for a lot more pain in the future. So I I love that. But I also want to, you, you kind of mentioned it, that... um. I mean, in the start, I guess, though, when you're first starting a business and you're all in on it, there's going to be a little bit of, I think, having a baseline, a little bit of cash flow. Yes. I think it's yes. less than most people think it is because if yes, you get I your agree. money right, like you can, you'd be amazed. We, we have all of our clients do their bare minimum. So what is the bare minimum you mm-hmm. need in sales every month to make it by with no stress? And that number is generally way less than people think it is. And once you know that. that number, it's like, okay, 2200 bucks. We had one client who was so stressed about money, and her bare minimum was something like $870. I could survive off 870 and that's very easy to make. And now all the stress is gone, and we can come from a place of inspiration rather than desperation, which for coaches, you need to be inspired, not desperate. So Yes. Yeah, so, so I want to recognize that maybe, you know, who, who, if you're listening, you, you're maybe in a place where, you need cash, and that's a real stress because you got to eat. But the number is usually lower than, and if we can figure that out, then we can we can bring a different well, energy would, to our work. I would be curious to hear your take on this too, Lucas, because if I if I'm interacting with a coach, and um, that coach is telling me, you know, like money is just such a major concern right now. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to pay my rent or my mortgage or my kid's college tuition is coming up. All of these things are weighing on me. I have I have one client who is earning multiple seven figures and she does have a story where that was kind of where she was starting from. She really was starting from like broke, couldn't yeah. pay her bills, and she's created this amazing thing. My experience is usually, and I tell coaches this, uh, a coach's ability to project confidence and to stay centered and calm, especially in a sales interaction, is is more important than almost anything else. And so if you literally don't know where your next meal is going to come from, or if you're going to be able to keep a roof over your head, I think maybe we solve that problem before we go try to present ourselves correctly in a sales interaction. And so sometimes I've even told coaches, look, I want you to be able to go all in on your business, but maybe going all in on your business means keeping a day job or a part-time job so that the rent is paid so that when you're creating content or interacting with prospects, you do not have your actual roof over your head weighing on your mind. And so you can present yourself in total confidence and abundance when you're interacting with that prospect. Then you start to, I love the exercise you have people do where you look at their bare minimum. What they usually realize is for almost any given price point with their coaching, it doesn't take that many clients for them to hit that bare minimum. And then 
even if they have a day job, it won't take that many more clients after that to free them from the day job, build a little cash reserve. Now they get to stay in their confidence, but also be full time in their project, in their business. So I want, I want people to, to recognize that sometimes being all in means being a little bit patient and sticking with the things that pays your bills and keeps you clear mentally and emotionally so you can show up in your business the way you want to. 100% and and 100% agree. I remember when I was going to go all in on my business, I had to look at what do I have? Sharan Shrevetza, uh, I'll link his episode because he's such a genius. Like he went from absolutely nothing to selling a multi-billion dollar real estate company. Now he's coach consulting and just such a humble dude from the literally ghetto of India. Amazing story. Mm. Yeah. Um, he taught me, and this is maybe two, two and a half years ago, I had him on the show first. And then a few months ago, we had him back on the show. And he's like, he recommends everyone, you either have 12 months of a cash reserve where you mm. can, without stress, find your bare minimum and then have that saved. So if you have to hustle and work eight jobs, save up $30,000 so you have a year to pay your own salary and come from a place of inspiration, do it. Or uh, the side gig. And so I remember when I first started my business, I knew I didn't have any cash reserves. And so I found a guy on Craigslist who needed some support building um, like gazebos and, and workout equipment here in Vancouver. Uh, we'd pick it up from Canadian Tire, which is like a Home Depot. You deliver it to the client's house and then I'd build it. And I think he wanted to pay me like 12 bucks an hour. And so I said, okay. And I think I asked him what the, usually a worker got one job done a day. And so I just, just doubled down and I'd work all day long. I'd get two or three jobs done. So he's making... Mm a ton of money. And after two weeks, I told him, dude, I'll stay, but I need $25 an hour and I will over deliver for you. He hired me, gave me a truck to drive around town. So I had my vehicle covered and, um, and I could work on my own schedule so I could work with clients and do that. So I think being resourceful and figuring out you're bleeding. And so let's stop the bleeding first, which is let's yes. find your bare minimum, like st stop the bleeding or at least numb it and then stop the bleeding, slow down the cash flow problems, which usually is not as much as people think. I think I was living off $1,300 a month, which is yep. not hard to do. Sucks. Gary V shovel shit, but <laughs> it's temporary. It's temporary. And then in three months, six months, I was able to quit, move on and, and go full time. So yes, I, I do agree. Either have a cash reserve See, there, or stop the bleeding. The reason I love that story is that I don't, I wonder if it's clear to a lot of up and coming coaches that part of your story of success, part of your story of success as a as the coach that you are today is your willingness to do something that didn't look like coaching. It was your willingness to do construction and do it at a high level as part of your vision for the business and the life that you wanted to create. And that's, that's I think, important because sometimes it seems like uh, up-and-coming coaches might feel like, well, if it's not talking to a client, right. I'm not willing to do it. Right. And of course we got to be talking to clients. We got to be building our business, but sometimes we have to recognize what role these, uh, these non-coaching activities can play in our coaching success. Right. Right. And, and have a big picture vision. Cause I remember when I recommend that they start feeling like imposters, like I would go work construction and I'd literally go into the gym back then. It was that I'd go into the bathroom, take off my construction clothes, put on my gym equipment, give it my all with a client, go back. The cube van was parked out back, get in my cube van, go do a run, pull over, do a sales call. Like it was like, I knew it was temporary and it's not forever. And I don't think there's any shame in, 
in 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 that like i didn't feel any shame no. in that you've got to do what you got to do and and not yes. be above it totally agree so cool so so someone's someone listening and maybe you're thinking that I, I could get my money a little bit better or my money straight. I was never taught that. I don't. Do we get taught that in school nowadays of like basic money management that or is that of. still not? I don't think not so. Not that right? I'm aware of. Yeah. So, you know, we're not taught anything about money. Um, not sure how you grew up. I grew up like turn off the sink and turn off the lights and a dollar, you know, every dollar counts. And I agree with that to a point. But um, you move into entrepreneurship. So getting paychecks steady every two weeks. The employer gives you a paycheck. Nothing wrong with that. It's not my idea of freedom, but they're giving you a paycheck every two weeks and you're taking the weekends off and you know what you get paid every month. And so you're fairly certain on what you can afford, what you can't, you can budget for a vacation, all of this. Now you move into entrepreneurship, into trying to make sales, and now you get paid and you owe the government. The government doesn't owe you at the end of the year. That's and right. there's all these little intricate things going on like we sell all around the world and so the accountant has to figure out different tax brackets for different countries we sell to for mm -hmm. services because there's all this stuff that goes on i just mm -hmm. get the invoice at the end of the year but that's right um what would be some advice to someone just starting maybe making a few sales to help them get their money right and make sure that they're set up to not shoot themselves in the foot so to speak yeah a few thoughts come to mind right away. Number one, it's my opinion that from your very first sale that the classic like personal finance saying holds true, which is pay yourself first, pay yourself something. Uh, I, I don't know if this is true in other industries, but it seems to especially be true in the coaching world where we are encouraged, and I think rightly so, we're encouraged to reinvest so aggressively in our businesses that we can very easily forget to pay ourselves anything. And so when I say like, if you're a new coach and you have a package that's 600 bucks and you think, well, 600 bucks isn't, that's not even a lot. At my day job, I was making a hundred grand, $600 is nothing. I'm just going to reinvest. This is just a psychological hack in my opinion, but I believe in it. Of that $600, Take some amount, take 50 bucks, take a hundred bucks, put it in an account or take yourself out to dinner and out loud, you know, declare, tell yourself my business paid for this, mm. that I'm in business because it facilitates me, my lifestyle, my mission, that sale that I made to that client paid for this meal or this getaway, whatever it is, because it starts to ingrain in you the habit of paying yourself. You do hear stories of coaches who go, and by the way, I'll, I'll speak more to this, but you hear coaches who go two, three, and even five years in their business, and they've never paid themselves. They've guilty, paid their coach, they've paid their marketing team. Yeah. And if that's you, here's the thing. I celebrate that person in one way because I say, look, look what commitment you've shown to your business and what willingness to keep going without a paycheck. I admire that greatly. The challenge becomes it's a hard habit to break. Mm -hmm. You don't mm -hmm. know when it's time to start paying yourself because you've never paid yourself yet. So what's the, what's the switch that gets flipped that now it's time to pay me? Well, if we do that from the very first sale yeah. we ever make, we never have to decide to do it later. Yeah. Uh, and then as we're making more and more sales, we're already in the habit of paying ourselves. And next thing you know, it's like, wow, my business is thriving. My team is thriving, but also I'm thriving. Yeah. So that's one thought. The other thought that I think, uh, or another thought, which is 
so basic but so crucial in my opinion, Lucas, is separating business finances from personal finances from day one. There's a, there are practical reasons for doing this, and there are also psychological reasons for doing this. The practical reason is from the very first dollar that I ever spend in my coaching business, whether it's to hire a coach or build a website or advertise on Facebook, I want to be aware of how much the business as its own entity is spending because I want to be able to look at that number and evaluate it on its own. If I've got my business dollars mixed up with my personal dollars, it becomes very hard to to measure or to evaluate how the business is performing as a standalone entity. Mm. Not to mention what a mess that creates at tax time when your tax pro is saying, how much did your business earn and spend? And you're like, I don't know, here's my personal credit card statement, you figure it out. That's not the end of the world, but it's certainly not ideal. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. from day one, even if you haven't incorporated your business, gone through all the official steps, get a checking account just for your business, Get a credit card just for your business, PayPal account just for your business, and let it be its own standalone entity. You will thank yourself a thousand times over for doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark, like I, I'm, I'm laughing to myself because it took me, I don't know, four years. Um, and I was forced, I mean, not forced, but I was recommended to incorporate. And when I incorporated, I had to actually get a bank account and then it became its own entity. And I didn't yeah. understand how much pressure I had until I did that. And then it was like the business would make, because in the past, I'd hire a contractor, I'd pay a fifty or $60,000 salary. And yeah. I I think that it's my money. And then I'm like, but I could, like I'm driving this old piece of junk or I don't even have a car, but that's a Ferrari right there. Like I could be leasing a Ferrari. And I, I yes. took it personally. And then when I separated it and I make, you know, I, I get paid every two weeks, regardless what the business does per month, if it does well or if it, dips or if we Mm -hmm. hire a contract or whatever i don't care and there's also in the back of my mind that if the business was to fail because i I believe in the stoic philosophy of just what's the worst case situation that happens face it because it's not that bad so Mm -hmm. every month i'm just like okay if this failed like completely everything just shut down government shut i don't know whatever happened um i've been getting paid like i just it's just i just i'd find a new job i'd start a new business and i wish i would have paid myself earlier i spent three years going through all personal savings and I could have saved myself. I had to sell my apartment that I worked for to buy to pay myself because I had this weird thing of not paying myself. And if I would have just paid myself even two grand a month, I could have avoided a ton of stress in the first year or two. Um, yeah. And it, it took me about four years to learn. And now, um, well, Profit First was the book I read that I actually went to the bank and I said, I'm going to pay myself and I'm going to pay myself well. And now I have no yeah. resentment to the team to spend. I have no resentment. I just, it's not my money. It's the company's money and it's its own entity. So I love that so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are massive, um, massive psychological benefits to paying yourself. Um, first of all, because it, it, it diffuses any resentment you might start to feel toward the business or toward your team. That's great. But also because so many new business owners struggle with imposter syndrome, and they're not, they, they, they don't want to call their business real. And when you actually go like open that. a checking account and put some money in it and say, that is my business's checking account, you have signaled to yourself, this thing is real. I believe in it to the point that I'm going to give it its own money and then I'm going to let it stand on its own two feet. I might still have to fund that business as an investor. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when I fund it, I'm going to physically move money from personal checking to business checking. I'm going to acknowledge that transfer and say, Mark, the investor is giving money to Mark, the entrepreneur. And I'm signaling to myself that the thing is real and that it deserves that level of respect. Mm-hmm. So I love to see people do that. The, the other thing that comes to mind for, for beginners is long before they think they quote unquote need to, I would encourage them to engage uh, a tax professional. And that's not me. Um, I, I work with my clients, tax professionals. I'm not mm-hmm. a tax pro, but work with a tax pro, not because you're going to save all this money in taxes. You know, very well, Lucas, business owners pay more taxes than, than anybody. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. But it's because you don't want to get, you don't want to end up in a situation where since you weren't dealing with a tax pro, something didn't go right or something that could have gone better didn't go as well as it could have because you were trying to do things yourself and you were still kind of playing the hobby game instead of Mm -hmm. playing the business owner game. Mm -hmm. So I think if early on a business owner will, number one, start paying themselves, number two, give their business its own account, and number three, engage a tax pro to advise them to grow their their business, they will thank themselves over yeah. and over and over again for those choices. And, and just for anyone listening, because if I would have been told this, I was told this, I was like, Psh, like, what do you know? Like, I, I'll, I'll do this once I start making money. And every year, at the end of the year, I was like pale. I was telling you this, and my stomach yes. was in knots, and I felt like puking. I couldn't sleep. Because I was trying to figure out my taxes by myself, and I don't yes. know what the hell I'm doing. I did that for two years, and finally, uh, Olga is her name, amazing. I, I searched for accountants, and I found this accountant who was an immigrant, or her parents were immigrants into Canada, and her story, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, the power of story, is mm-hmm. she got fed up with watching her parents pay too much in tax as hardworking immigrants. My parents were immigrants, so she started doing their financing and helped them save money. And now she stands for business owners to save the massive money. And I read that story and I'm like, this is my chick. Called her. It wasn't that expensive. I, I honestly think she just charged me a few hundred dollars. Like it wasn't much. And yeah. took care of my last two years, fixed a whole bunch of stuff, found money that she saved me that I messed up on. And ever since then, she's been with us growing. Now she consults with us every two weeks and sends us reports and just, it's, it's been so cool to see. But all I do at the end of the month is I get a profit loss statement. I have six mm-hmm. numbers I watch, and if I think something is off, I just ask for a more detailed report. Check, check, check. Life is good. And I yep. know she also tells me, here's your projected taxes what, that you'll be paying at the end of the year. We have a separate account. We put it aside. It's not our money. It's the government's money. I choose to pay backwards, not pay forward, because I don't want the government using my money when I don't owe it to the yep. debt. And, yep. and it's, 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 there is no stress. And it, it was a few hundred dollars the first time. And I, I thought it'd be like tens of thousands of dollars because like these people are going to be expensive, but she just has a little team and they get it done quick. And I would have, I should have done that from day one. Yeah. Like actually. Day yeah. One. It's, it's, it's interesting to me how, when I meet with a new, a new, a prospective client, you know, it's maybe it's a sales call. Maybe it's for my CFO business or to have one of my team. I have a team member who now is a CFO for smaller businesses within our within our team. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating to get on Zoom or get on Skype with a prospective client and you can see them physically bracing for impact. Like because they've 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 built the idea of dealing with the money up so much in their head that it's gonna be so painful that they're like, all right, we can do this, but they, it's like, they know it's going to hurt bad. Mm-hmm. 
And one of my favorite things about my job, and it always has been, is to be able to walk through things with them and to be able to show them very clearly that it's not as bad as they thought it was going to be. They're probably doing better than they thought they were. They need to give themselves more credit. And that even when we have to do a little cleanup, I mean, maybe even somebody, they haven't filed taxes for a few years and they've been hiding from it. We'll work with them. We'll work with their tax pro and we'll just be like, let's just get this cleaned up because you're trying to grow a business. Let's not have you spend any more time Mm -hmm. worrying about this stuff. Let's just get done with it. So, And it's that worry, that worry. Like I, I, I adopted this quote. I said it out loud somewhere and someone was like, that's a great quote, but like the inspiration over desperation, and especially for coaches. I think if you're like an investor yes. and you're doing real estate, like that's a very money game. And I think you can go in thinking money, 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 money. But I honestly think as a coach, it's an exchange of energy. And if you're approaching your business with anything other than inspired action, you are, are, are probably pushing away the very thing you want. And it might work with e-commerce or, or selling something. I get that. But I honestly think coaching is such a intuitive. You are not going to be a good coach if you're desperate. Um, you're not going to be a good member of society if you're desperate. So yeah. um, so I love it. And I also like, and I, I don't get any affiliate from this. I'm, I'm not associated. I just want to make that clear. So I'm not pushing something. But I went on Mark's website, the um, Let's Do the Books. And I was really impressed with the sliding, um, you know, depending on what you're earning and what you're what you're making, there was a different sliding scale for, and I was like, like you can do this from day one. So I highly recommend mm-hmm. you you check that out. We'll have all the all the links below for Mark, and we'll get into all that fun stuff in a second here. Um, any other? I got one big powerful question right at the end. But any other mm-hmm. money tips, patterns you're seeing? We heard pay yourself. We heard separate the business from the personal because it creates a little separation. And energetically, I think it's healthy. Find a tax pro uh, from day one. What else do we got? That's some main Um, ones. If I had to come up with three, I'd be like, those are probably the three. Yeah, I think those those will be very helpful. The other thing I would say that, that is, it might not seem like it's directly related to money and you've kind of already hinted at it about coaching being an exchange of energy. And I haven't used those words, but I do totally agree. Um, I would, I would encourage coaches to recognize that since the money truly ultimately is not what's going to make you happy, although it's useful, money is such a useful tool. I would encourage coaches to embrace every stage of their business and enjoy every stage of their business. Because if they're continuing to add value, if they're serving their clients well, of course, you you know this, you've seen it so many times, their business is going to grow. Mm-hmm. I hope coaches will not look at money as the thing that will give them permission to finally enjoy it. Well, I can't really enjoy it because I haven't reached X thousand yet or X million yet. Enjoy it today. Mm-hmm. Enjoy every step of the process. I've told this to clients over the years, and I believe it so strongly there's no number I can show you on a spreadsheet that will feel better than having an amazing interaction with one of your clients. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't get better than that. Mm-hmm. So deal with the money. You know, it's great to be excited about the money. Another thing I like to say is money doesn't, money can't buy the most important things in life, but it actually can buy everything else. Mm-hmm. And those are nice things to have sometimes. It's like a convenience factor. It's an enjoyment factor. So the money is useful for that. But you can enjoy every step along the way and you can embrace the business at every stage. 
And then what you'll find is when you hit those big numbers, instead of that emptiness and that letdown afterward, you'll feel full because you've been practicing feeling full all along the way. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. It makes total sense. I, I, I see both extremes because I was the extreme money side because I thought that what was the reason. And then I see the extreme opposite side, especially for coaches sometimes who are more in the energetic um, kind of feeling world, uh, yes. which is totally cool. But sometimes they completely ignore money of like, it's totally mm. not important. I don't need it. And then they're wondering, you know, well, they're, they're stuck in jobs. Like I, I think it's extremely important from a business perspective as in, I, I like two hats, at least that's how I explain it. You got your coaching hat. I totally hat, agree. And then you got your financial hat. And the financial hat is, is I mean, you're in business to make money. From the financial standpoint, you got to make money. But you are a coach to coach, and it's two separate entities. And some days, maybe you can have someone who runs your entire business side of things, so you can just speak on stage and work with clients and do what you love and get a yeah. paycheck. But um, well, yeah, here's, it's Here's what I would tell your clients who... Because I think we've both interacted with with coaches who don't want it to be about the money at all. Mm-hmm. They they wish that I've I've had people say to me, I wish I didn't even have to deal with money. I would just do this for free. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like it sounds very noble to say that. And if someone wants to coach for free, that's fine. But money occupies such an important place in our culture. Mm-hmm that there's actually something useful to your client. If, mm-hmm. if I'm a coach, mm-hmm. there's something useful to my client about having them pay me because it's a signal that they're giving themselves that this, this work we're going to do together is important. 100%. And so I want coaches to charge. I want them to charge very well. I think there's a lot of benefit to, the, to their clients for having them charge more. They're going to get a, usually a happier, healthier, more energized coach if they're paying Mm-hmm. on the higher side for that coach. So I I don't want money to be the reason for existing, but I want them to embrace it as an important part of the entire project and journey. Like asking asking someone to pay you for your work and having them say yes is is fun, it's exciting, it's a very important part of the whole process. And so those those clients of yours that I think are um, are resisting the money stuff, I hope they'll work on that because mm-hmm. they're going to find that the money becomes a, a fantastic part of their relationship with their clients. It's not a sticking point. It's actually it's a healthy and happy part of their relationship with their clients. And, and I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when every time because I've I've paid some pretty good pricing for coaching and mm-hmm. the coaching program or the mastermind is still two months away, and I pay for the weekend. And literally the second I hit, and I'm, I'm, I'm every time I'm kind of shaky. Like I don't care if it's a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars. I'm like, ah, oh, like enter. And the week following that, even before the mastermind, before I even get the coaching, I've leveled up. Like I'm already leveled up I because I'm fully committed to it. And you're giving your clients that experience. The second they pay you, they've made some type of commitment. They're going to be freaked out. They might even in two or three days be like, ah, oh, did I make the right choice? But they're because money is so important in our culture, you're, you're, you're leveling up the second you pay um, yes. or your clients pay you. So you're doing them a gift in my opinion. I love that so much. Totally agree. So cool. Mark, if, if, um, if people want to find you, we have all the links below already, but just to hear it from you, where would they, um, where's the best place for coaches to come check out some of your work, your blog? I know you have a podcast. At least I found a podcast that, was it your podcast? The Mark, there was another Mark Butler doing something in I do entertainment. Have a, I have a That's podcast right. called, cool. 
called Mark but- the Mark Butler Show that cool. uh, they could probably search on iTunes. I haven't updated in a while. My focus has started to be more and more on Let's Do the Books. Cool. So if people want to interact with me more on this topic, uh, the best place to go is letsdothebooks.com. And I actually set up a landing page for your listeners at oh, letsdothebooks.com awesome. forward slash Lucas, uh, where they can get a five-day course on just sort of my thoughts about bookkeeping and about cash flow management in a business to hopefully just ease the pressure and the stress they feel about it and open their minds to how useful it can be to them to, uh, to educate themselves about the topic. So let's do the books.com forward slash Lucas. So cool. So cool. Uh, I ask everybody this question and I feel like you're this extremely intuitive. You've been through so much. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear your answer because who knows what direction this will go, but this can be spiritual. This can be faith-based. This can be money, business, family, what have you, whatever stage you are in your life and whatever is like the biggest thing that like that, the biggest aha moment that maybe has happened mm-hmm. recently that you wish you would have known. I'm, I'm a huge fan of learning from people's mistakes. When I meet someone who is successful in their fields, I like, I like the glitz and the glamor and I, I like the thing that's going on. But what I'm trying to get at is, is, you know, what, what are some of the biggest lessons? So maybe I can help avoid making some of these. So for you, if you were to leave one thing behind or, or, you know, I think you said in 2010 or 12, you were starting your businesses, but it, it, you know, Mm -hmm. whenever you first got into it, if -hmm. you could leave a little words of wisdom, um, some small little avoid this or be conscious of this and don't fall into the same trap. uh, what, What would that be? And that's any angle in life. Um, just to put you on the spot? No problem. I think it's such a powerful question. The thing that I, that I want to tell coaches that doesn't really relate to a, a pitfall to avoid, maybe indirectly it does, but I tell newer coaches all the time that I, that I work with and that interact with my bookkeeping service, I tell them that one of my basic beliefs is that success is inevitable. And I, I worry that that sounds too cliche because for me, it's actually a mathematical statement. It's a logical mathematical statement that if you will start down the path of becoming a coach and if you just stay on that path, you may not be able to predict what the finished or what the evolved product looks like, mm. the product being you and your business. But if you will just stay on that path, I feel like it's a mathematical certainty that you will end up in a business that pays you well and you love. So when people tell me what's the secret or ask me, you know, you've worked with, and I, and I have been lucky to work with coaches who earn millions of dollars. Well, what's the secret to that? I'm like, I don't know if there's a secret. And I do believe that there is an, an element of luck in it. But if you want me to guarantee or to give you a guarantee, my guarantee is if you will stay on the path and keep iterating and keep learning and developing, success is inevitable. So people can, in my opinion, completely drop their concerns about failure because failure is impossible to me if you just stay moving on your path. I I love that very timely message for I think a lot of people who are maybe second guessing right now or or you know the future seems so mm, uncertain or what's happening in the world right now and what's going to happen with this and that and and I choose to think the same way is like yeah you might you might get knocked out for a little bit but as long as you do not quit someone explained it to me like a Nintendo game remember those old Nintendo games that you you'd blow on like the 
This was like yeah, the original yeah. Nintendo, and if someone yeah. jumped in another room, the game could crash, but there was no saving Mario. Like, you just, you had to restart. Yeah. And anyways, explained to me that, like, you can keep dying, you can keep restarting over, but as long as you don't eject the game, like, eject yourself out of the game, you can keep restarting. And so I'm just, maybe I'm a little stubborn, but I just refuse to eject that game. I will just keep I, playing it. And it's probably the same with all the, we should almost do a part two, because you've had so much access into successful coaches that how how they work, but I guarantee, I can almost guarantee that there's no secret formula. They just literally stick to it, make a mistake, yeah. pivot, shift, and they figure it out. Hey, just I like would, you yourself. I would love to do a part two. I've seen a lot of things. I think they would be useful to you and your clients. But yes, you yeah. are exactly right. I couldn't give a better metaphor than one you just did. If you just don't eject the game, you'll end up in a place that you're like, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. Uh, and people like you and me have been lucky enough to see so many coaches travel that path. Yeah. Yeah. That for us, it's not surprising anymore when they do it. It's still exciting, but it's not surprising. And I guess you started the whole episode off with saying you never thought you would be doing this job, but because you yeah. kept trying, you eventually found your, I guess your zone of genius and who knows what you'll do in the next 10 years, but you stay in the game and you, you, you get to that next level. So it's so cool. Really appreciate your time. Uh, for, for anyone who, who listened, if this connected in some way, and, and I mean this at all, honestly, any books, anything that I ever recommend on this podcast, I don't do affiliate links. We don't do deals. If we do, uh, like we had a lawyer on the show a few months ago, I always make it known that if you get anything here, um, I am, I am affiliated with it. But in this instance, um, I don't care if I was or I wasn't, is this is absolutely something I would have done from day one if I knew better. And so if it serves any, anyone here, um, Check it out, if anything. I know you have a blog, um, and I know you, you you produce some stuff there. So check that out. Uh, da, 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 let's do the books. Check it out. And with that said, Mark, I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your energy. Thank you very much, Lucas. This has been uh, a blast, really. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. All right. So as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.